Recorded live. That's working. Hey, Bob. Hello. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Should be good. Okay. Let's see. Let's see that one two one two one two one two one two kill that. Okay, get that down right there. Okay, there we go. One two one two one two one two one two bingo. Okay, there we go. But I can't get that dumb video to play, so I guess we're not so sure what's gonna happen here.
Good morning, Aroostook County. This is the Aroostook Watchman Radio Show, coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the conscience of Maine. Hopefully it's going out. As usual, there's some complications, but we're doing it anyway. There's so much stuff to go over. Good grief. We are on 780 AM Superstation WXME out of Monticello, Maine, and around the world on the Internet at TalkShoe.com. TalkShoe.com is a great place to go for all kinds of great stuff. We have our connection set up there, and all the archives are there. You're welcome to go in and browse that. Some of them are great. Some of them are a little bit gaggy, but the way it is. This is about talk radios. Good stuff. Okay. TalkShoe. T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E dot com. TalkShoe. You know, get smart or get stupid. You can also access it on your smartphone. There's a thing called Simple Radio. That's amazing. You go to WBCQ The Planet and you can get right on there. And it works amazingly well because we have a live stream right out of the station. Okay. Let's see. What else is new? Haven't been with you in a couple weeks. It's been just crazy. All kinds of stuff going on. Um, and now, as you know, everything is about... Oh, squirrel. Squirrel. Don't don't look over here. Look over here. Don't look over here. What a crazy, crazy world we live in, folks. Better be ready. Spiritually, physically, emotionally. If you haven't realized... I'm sure you do. Everybody that I talk to says basically the same thing in a little different way, that there's something going on. There's some underlying disturbance. There's some tension. There's some uh, kind of overwhelming urge that there's something wrong. Yeah, well, there is. For goodness sakes, there is. There's a lot wrong. And it's getting worse by the minute. What, as Christians, we're supposed to be rejoicing as um, when there's tribulation, we step up to the plate. Without tribulation, without difficulty, we go to sleep. And that's where the church has been for so long. Just sleep. Come on over for coffee. We'll have a good time. Anyway... There's a lot going on. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to start with local, local, local stuff. We had an election a few days ago on the 14th. It looks like Rick Long, our former representative to the House of Representatives, has made it into the Senate for most of Aroostook County. When I had him on a couple weeks ago, I realized afterwards that the line for his for the uh, Senate jurisdiction that he's running in is about two miles south of me so I didn't get to vote for Rick again but looks like he's made it in so we know we have another good senator in the main state Senate we'll see how that goes and there's a lot to do folks And you know what? It takes us, it takes you and I to be involved a lot. I can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. This is something we really need to be on top of. Uh, But as usual, there are a zillion distractions. So let me just tell you a few things about what went on on the 14th of June. Around the state, some of the folks, spurred on by our famous Steve Martin, uh, went around and uh, went to the polling places and got signatures to get the Constitution Party uh, officially on the ballot for Maine. Well, it's I'm surprised. We did fairly well. Quite a few signatures, and uh, it was an interesting day. I spent the day at a couple of polls, uh, one of my kids helped me do some of that, and uh, Steve was all over the place in Holton, and uh, a couple other people in different places had their petition sheets out. It's kind of interesting. I've never done the petition thing before. But uh, anyway, 
it was good to talk to a lot of people. Of all the folks that I talked to, guess what? Not one person had ever heard of the Constitution Party. All but maybe four of the people that I spoke with during that entire day at the different polls that I was at, all but four or five didn't know that there was a party other than the one-and-a-half party system that we have. Of four or five knew that there was a either a green or libertarian liberty. It was a little confusing. We've got to change that paradigm, folks. Whether you agree, this is, this is what I told everybody when I was speaking to them at the polls and trying to get the petitions, get some signatures on these petitions. I'm not so much concerned with who is on the ballot for these different parties. I really want to see more options because it brings more dialogue into the picture. When you have candidate A or party D anointed by CFR. How do you like all these numbers? It's like alphabet soup, right? It's just alphabet soup politics. And party B or candidate B from party R also a CFR candidate. See, it's all connected. What do you get? You get nothing. You get no choice. No, uh, no, no real choice. Uh, let me see here. I see a name in. Hmm. Steve Polychronopoulos. Polychronopoulos. What is that? <laughs> I thought maybe it was Steve Martin. He might jump in there. Anyway, so the idea being, if the if the um, Constitution Party gets on it, I get enough signatures then they become a viable party on the ballot in Maine. The more of those we get, then they get to be in the debate. And we need people in the debate. Look at what is he, whatever you like, Trump or not, I don't care. It's not to me about whether he actually is successful. It's the questions that he has raised. Imagine having somebody with... Trump's persona that actually knew the Constitution being in the debates also. Wow. Wouldn't that change a few things? They'd be just a little bit out of their little pee-picking minds. They wouldn't know what to do. So the idea being that we can get a broader debate base going if we have more viable parties on the ballot. So that's what I'm doing it for. That's the only reason I'm doing it. That didn't, I, only, I read a little bit, looked into the folks that are, that are running on the Constitution Party. That's good. They're fine. I'm okay with them. But I would be just as happy working to get the Libertarian Party officially on the ballot. Or the no-party party officially on the ballot. You see what I'm talking about? Just to increase the, the input, the questions, raise some questions. And that works for all of us. You know, that's why we have discussions. That's why our Constitution Coalition group gets together. Not because we are all agreed on every item and need to be able to focus on one or two things. The discussion, the conversation, is the most important part because I learn new stuff all the time because it brings up a memory or it brings up a concept, and you have to think about it. If the concept doesn't come up, if the idea doesn't come up, how are you going to say, no, that's not a good idea? Or how are you going to say, wow, I hadn't thought about that? That's my point. If you would like to get involved, 
you can do this. I mean, you can just you can go stand out in front of your post office and get signatures on a, a petition and turn them in. It would be a great help. You can do it any place, basically any time. Uh, you can even do it. That's why we were doing it at the polls. As long as you're not having a political discussion, then you can be at the polls and do petitioning. Works. You know, a lot of people come and go. Unfortunately, uh, at the little, at the polling place in our little town, there wasn't anything to vote for. Again, that's a sad situation. Nobody contesting, no primaries. It was just blank, 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 blank. There's a, one person for each little doodad, and you put your little mark and you turn your paper in. There should have been three or four or five or six, but there isn't. We need more people engaged. So anyway, so much for that part of it. But it was it was very um, enlightening to say the least. I got to have the conversation about currency with a number of people. <clears throat> we got to keep doing this. I get a big charge out of it. So I always carry a couple of silver coins, real constitutional currency in my pocket. And I try to keep an older 10 or $20 bill that actually says on its face that this piece of paper is not lawful money. But you can get lawful money from the United States Treasury or any Federal Reserve Bank. Of course, that's not true anymore because you can't get it because they won't give it to you because would, they would have to admit that their paper is worth less, certainly worth less than it was 20 years ago, and it's essentially become worthless. But it used to say that right on its face. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private and is redeemable in lawful money. If it's redeemable in lawful money, then obviously this is not lawful money. This is a note. This is a promissory note. This is a promise to give you lawful money in place of this piece of paper. You understand, right? Every Federal Reserve note said that up until you know, they changed it at different times because there wasn't a law that changed. It just become commonplace so we could erase it. No law changed. No one comes here anymore. No, somebody's in the chat. Well, the problem is we have a chat room. We're live this morning. Um, the problem with uh, it has been I've had to do shows in the evening to um, so guests and whatnot that live on the left coast could participate. A lot of folks don't really get their eyeballs open and are able to communicate at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I don't blame them. I'm not so good at that either. So... Sometimes, often or recently, because of all the crazy stuff that's going on in my life and around the world, we've recorded shows in the evening, and so people are not accustomed to us being on regularly, regularly, so um, in the mornings. So a lot of folks are just tuning in to the archive and listening if it so suits them. We try to get this on at 8 o'clock in the morning, on the air, on those one of those transmitters, you know, those things with tubes. And Alan uh, Weiner, the owner of the station, was on uh, his shortwave show the other night, and I was listening to it. It was great. He was talking about the some of the equipment, and uh, he's a he's an old radio guy. He's been in it forever, and he was talking about the tubes and some of the old equipment. It was uh, it was funny. Anyway, okay. So, let's see. One more thing. Two more things from the local stuff, and then we'll jump into the uh, 
traitor John McCain. He's not trading. He's a traitor, as in he should be taken out of his political position and put under house arrest or something. Unbelievable. Anyway, local stuff. Um, I'm stunned at the lack of participation. Now, this is going on in communities all over the state. So this is not, I'm not just picking on my neighbors. I like my neighbors, most of them. But it doesn't matter whether I like them or not. We still have to be good neighbors. And we set up a community meeting. Um, a number of folks, I suggested it to some folks a few weeks ago, quite a, a month or two ago, and um, many of them said, gee, that's a good idea. Let's do it. So we, we put some flyers out, advertised it, whatever. And um, actually, I went to a town meeting where they were going to vote on the school budget, and I'll get into that in a minute, what a nightmare that is. But we decided we'd do this community meeting because a number of people said, wow, that'd be a great idea. We'd get together and talk, and what would we do? So here's the, here's the flyer that we put out, handed out, handed out number of the number of them at the polling place, and I handed out a number of them at the... As a matter of fact, everyone at the town meeting got one. Unfortunately, that's not a lot of people, and we'll get into that in a minute. So this is what it said, and then I'll tell you what the result was. Woodland Community Meeting. You don't have to be good friends to be good neighbors. Tuesday, 14 June, 7 p.m. till 9 p.m., Woodland School Gym. Bring the kids. We'll have some babysitters. Two main and very broad topics. A, what can be done as a community, as individuals, to improve the prosperity of our area? Business, trade, barter, industry. Okay. B, what can we do in time of crisis or catastrophe? One, multiple hypothetical scenarios, fire, earthquake, flooding, civil disturbances, uh, two, power, heat, medical, communication, and sanitation. Very, very broad um, subject matter. The idea was just to stimulate the conversation. In the North Country, most of us are used to dealing with weather emergencies like snowstorms, ice storms, high winds, and the like, but sometimes people in need fall through the cracks, especially seniors or those handicapped by illness, etc. Now there are other possible threats to the horizon, like the weak economy, rising prices that sap the buying power of people and fixed incomes, and even geopolitical threats to the power grid. Let's talk and think about this now before there's a real crisis. You understand, folks, this is what we have to do. If we don't plan for a crisis, we've planned to have a crisis. And then there was a quote from Jefferson, an enlightened citizenry is indispensable for the proper functioning of a republic. Self-government is not possible unless the citizens are educated sufficiently to enable them to exercise oversight. It is therefore imperative that the nation see to it that a suitable education be provided for all its citizens. Doesn't that cover a large area of concern today. Education, enlightened citizenry, proper functioning of a republic, self-government. Just that little quote. Jefferson was quite an amazing wordsmith, eh? One of my favorites. Anyway, so we passed this around and put it on Facebook and talked to a bunch of people. Tried not to make it too broad, uh, information output because you know it's a community. So we got some coffee. We reserved the gym at the school. The janitor was there to set it up. Nice folks, and all that. And um, our town is named Woodland, not Baileyville. This is Woodland near Caribou. <clears throat> so. Nobody showed up, except two people from 
the adjoining town, Perham. So no one from Woodland showed up. A couple people I asked specifically to be there just because of their physical positioning in the land area of the community. They didn't show up either. I was a little disgusted, a lot disgusted, actually. What in the heck is going on? So the two folks from Param and myself had a conversation. It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. But we didn't do anything. We didn't accomplish anything. Well, I kind of thought this might be the case because I'm going to go into the second thing and I am absolutely apoplectic over this one. This is going on every place in our state. People, this is unsustainable. Listen to this. Please pay attention to this. If you don't listen to any other crazy stuff I say, please listen to this. Tuesday, 7th of June, Woodland Community, Woodland Town had their town meeting to vote on the school budget. You hear it? Here it comes. We voted on the school budget. You know how big the budget is for this little town? And this is not picking on the town. They do a great job. The school is run very well. The superintendent, the principal, the teachers, nothing but accolades for 99% of what they do. This is not a criticism of the way the school is run. So don't come back and tell me that I was blasting our school. They do a great job. They prepare the kids quite well. Um, some of the teachers even know there's a constitution, by golly. Of course, <clears throat> Moi goes in every once in a while and causes a little fuss. But anyway, I took a bunch of these flyers to that that town meeting. This is a budget meeting. There is a $2 million budget being voted on with, I believe there were 16 articles to be voted on that compromised a, a $2 million school budget. That ain't chump change, folks. We're tossing around these numbers like they have no consequence. So I figured, mm, town meeting prior, there was a pretty good turnout. There was some controversial issues were coming up, and so a bunch of people turned out, so probably in the neighborhood of 200, which is pretty significant for a little town. So that was great. So I figured there'd be huh, at least 50 to 100 people at this this town meeting because it's an important event to approve or question the budget for the school. You're going to obligate people to pay $2 million plus dollars. So I figured, oh, should be a fair turnout. I'll hand these things out, and we'll get a fairly decent turnout on the 14th so we can have a conversation about all this stuff. Well, school board was there. The people from, the, because it's a little bit different, the school board was there, and two people that are not town uh, residents were there as on the board because of their uh, their official positions within the school, the superintendent and another person. And there was a gentleman there that generally is is the moderator. And there were the two employees from the town office. And there were 13 people from the town. 13, folks. 13, that's a 1-3. 
including me. Which means there were 12 people voting. I do not vote on items that are unlawful. So I do not vote on these things. I vote on things that are proper, but we'll get into that in a minute. So 12 people, guess what? That is 1%. 1% of the adult residents of the town. 1%. The entire conversation, the entire voting process was... Read the article. One lady moved it. Another person seconded it. The discussion was zero. Then it was voted on. When they got to the very last one, I hadn't said a word. I Honest, I had not said a word. Didn't cause a fuss. I asked a question as to the way it was written to vote, to authorize the blah, 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 blah. So I said, who's this authorized by? Who is authorizing this? Well, you, the people. I said, oh, okay. So we, the people here. Um, And then I asked the question, how much as a percentage of this $2 million budget, this $2 million obligation that we're voting on, is actually going to be paid by the people in this room and the rest of the people in this town. Oh, well, that's a little different. What took them a few seconds to figure out what that question was. The, the number cruncher guy says, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, that's going to be, and he's looking at the pages, and I already knew what it was, but uh, he said about 27 28%. Really. So what we're really voting on is the 72% that we are telling somebody on Congress Street in Portland that they have to pay as we vote in the affirmative on this budget. So that's pretty arrogant. No questions, no discussion, no comments. They voted a yes. Not one consideration for the fact that they've just obligated people that they don't know in a town far away to over a million and a half dollars. I'm telling you, people, that is the height of arrogance. I don't know you, but I'm going to vote for this, and you're going to pay it. They don't get what they're doing. Number one, it's unlawful. Constitution for Maine on education says that the legislature shall require the towns to provide for a public education at their own expense. There's no provision in Maine supreme law for profit sharing. It's not there. It specifically says how it's to be raised. But I just, I'm just stunned that people just, oh, this is the budget. And so nobody shows up. Nobody shows up. Nobody shows up. One percent of the population showed up. Shame on the rest of you. I 
understand the mentality that says it doesn't matter because they're going to vote for it anyway because they've got it all rigged and set up. It's not true, people. If you think about it, 12 people showed up. If a few people would show up and say no, or wait a minute, that's crazy. We can do it differently. We can do it better. Or maybe we just can't do it because we have no moral, legal authority to hold a gun to somebody's head in Lewiston and tell them they will fund my school in Woodland or Washburn or Caribou or Prescott or wherever the heck. It's not morally right, it's not ethically right, and it's not lawful. And you sit there and vote yes, by all means. You dummies, you're going to pay for my school. If you don't want to pay for it yourself, then stop it. Just stop it. This is crazy. Had people shown up, they could simply have voted no. No. No on 16 articles. And in September, somebody would be saying, wait a minute, we don't have any money. We can't open the school. By golly, they'd turn up at the next meeting, wouldn't they? Because all of a sudden, there's nobody to babysit their kids in this charade we call a public school system. You've got to turn up, folks, this is what Jefferson was talking about. An enlightened citizenry is indispensable for the proper function of a republic. We're in, do you get it? We're in trouble. People are voting on stuff that they have no right to vote on. They're voting on stuff that says somebody else will give me stuff this is completely out of control. And it, so this is, this is the, the microcosm of what's going on in D.C. Well, we say shouldn't do that. They can't do that. That's wrong. That place is just so screwed up. Oh, those people. Those people are us, folks. Those are the same people that depend on you not showing up for your town meeting. Those people are the same people that expect you not to show up for your church board meeting. Understand what I'm saying here? An enlightened citizenry is indispensable for the proper functioning of a republic. Self-government is not possible unless the citizens are educated sufficiently to enable them. See these words in here? Enable, self-government, function, proper, oversight. It is therefore imperative, important, of the utmost importance. You understand? Imperative that the nation see to it, that a suitable education be provided for all its citizens. Hello, hello, this is insane. And you wonder why you got somebody like John McCain in the District of Corruption endorsing ISIS. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, folks. So let's just wait and see what they offer us for candidates for office. Number one, we're not even supposed to vote for presidential candidates, but that's just another story. 
Everybody likes that 14th Amendment. Read it. It tells you right there that there's, there's, no, there's no voting for the president. We like that 14th Amendment for that equal protection under the law where they create special rights out of thin air. We like that 14th Amendment. Hmm? Makes me crazy. Makes me crazy. So what are we going to do about it? Okay. You got to show up. You just got to show up. This is just nuts. We have Orlando. It's the squirrel, folks. It's the squirrel, folks. While you were watching Orlando and some of the other distractions the united states congress passed the national defense authorization act of 2017 remember the national defense authorization act of 2012 the one that provided for indefinite detention without due process for you and me it's still there and it was reauthorized. On Tuesday, the United States Senate approved a $602 billion annual defense budget that President Obama has promised to veto because the bill does not allow for the closing of the military prison at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. The National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2017 passed with a vote of 85 senators in favor and 13 against. Listen, before the vote, John McCain tweeted, I'll bet he didn't. Somebody else did it. Old John, I don't think he's a tweeter. It's never been more urgent to give our troops the resources they need to succeed. The majority of Congress has no issue taking money from the American people and redistributing it to fund their empire. The conflict arises when lawmakers begin debating whose pet projects are going to get a boost. The major conflicts in passing the bill stem from various amendments dealing with how the military budget will be spent, not the insane crap that's in it. This thing will force women to sign up for any potential military draft and continues the indefinite detention article from 2012. Quick, look at the false flag so we don't see this. Quick. Okay. It's not new. This is what's going on constantly. McCain, the elder statesman, said President Obama was directly responsible for the terror attack in Orlando due to his failure to combat the Islamic State terror group. McCain's statement goes beyond criticism of Obama that has been leveled by his Republican colleagues in the Senate, and it follows remarks made by this week's by this week by presumptive GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump. Hmm. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Barack Obama is directly responsible for it because when he pulled everybody out of Iraq, Al Qaeda went to Syria, became ISIS, and ISIS is what today what it is today thanks to Barack Obama's failure. Hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, John. 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 I think I remember a time when you went to Turkey. Didn't you go to Turkey, John? I think you went to Turkey and then into Syria and had a little sit down with some guys. Wasn't that uh, wasn't that ISIS? Didn't John McCain 
very clearly say that these freedom fighters should be trained, supported, and funded by the United States because they were the enemy of his enemy, Assad? Hmm. Hmm. President Obama is directly responsible for the events in Orlando. Uh, John, you sat with four of the leaders of ISIS and endorsed the funding, training, and support of these people. Because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. What a warped, sick, stinking philosophy that is has destroyed our republic. We choose our friends based on what they can do for us. We choose some of the most diabolical, disgusting friends because they can do something for us. We don't even know how to be good neighbors. See? We have been so deceived. We are so far down this stinking, rotten rabbit trail. We've got John McCain and most of the Republican Party pointing the finger at ding-dong in the White House, guess what? ISIS didn't come from this dipstick in the White House. ISIS came from the CIA. Oh, wait a minute. What a tangled web we weave. We make some very strange bedfellows. Because John McCain was endorsing these people. Now, shoes on the other foot. See, Assad isn't part of the global banking network. Oh, amazing, huh? Neither was Saddam Hussein. Hmm. Neither was Muammar Gaddafi. Hmm. Two dead. They still haven't killed Assad, but they not for lack of trying. The smoke screen is pretty thick, folks. You got to look through it. Please look through it. This almost nothing that we're told is true. That's pretty sick. It used to be that they would slide in deceptive things into a fairly truthful conversation. Now they've got us so dumbed down that it's mostly BS, sorry to use the term, and just a tiny little bit of truth because we have been so unenlightened when you have, when you go, bring it back, bring it back to the personal. Bring it back to our smallest governmental or, or personal issues. Bring it back to our town. Bring it back to our church. Bring it back to our family. You don't show up for the board meeting, you're irresponsible. You don't show up for the town meeting, you're irresponsible. As it continues, then there's no oversight. There's no proper function. We can't be self-governing, so what do we end up as slaves? If you're not self-governed, you're governed by somebody else. You understand? There's nothing in between. If you don't 
exercise proper self-government, somebody will do it for you. Stop it. We've got to wake up here, folks. We've got to wake up. The Declaration of Rights in our main state constitution, all power is inherent in the people. It's up to you and me, but it doesn't happen by osmosis. You can't transmit it through some woo-woo thing. When you're sitting home watching The Voice, you can't vote at the town meeting, you know? It doesn't work like that. All free governments are founded in the authority of those people and instituted for their benefit. They have, therefore, unalienable and indefeasible right to institute government and to alter, reform, or totally change the same when their safety and happiness require it. Wow. We, the people of Maine, in order to establish justice and ensure tranquility, provide for our mutual defense, promote our common welfare, and to secure to ourselves our prosperity, the blessings of liberty, acknowledging with grateful hearts the goodness of the sovereign ruler of the universe, affording us an opportunity so favorable in the design, and imploring God's aid and direction as an accomplishment. We can't even show up at the board meeting. How are you going to institute government? How are you going to alter reform? How are you going to do that if you don't even show up? <sighs> well, different subject, same idea. Had some conversations. Now, I'm personally, I think Bruce Parlequin's a nice guy. I'm sure that he'll win the November election and be in Congress again. Well, we had some conversations just recently because there was this event, as I'm sure Roger Eck, the northern mainland man, spoke of last week. And I think he will probably be speaking of again this week. We jumped through all kinds of hoops. One of our people did some serious research put together about 200 pages of documentation, mostly from government documents, okay? So this is not Crazy Jack or Steve or tinfoil hat stuff. This is all documented. We put this package together, detailed it, outlined it, put a cover to it so that it would be a synopsis so it could be presented at that meeting in Millinocket last week. Last week was busy. Man, oh man, what a busy week. Crazy stuff. What happened? We got this whole thing, hard copy, to Bruce Barlequin and his entourage, who was, to his credit, pretty unusual for a freshman congressman to be able to get a congressional hearing in a town as a freshman congressman. Pretty pretty impressive. That we'll, we'll give you that, Bruce. The idea was that this document needed to be put into the official record. So we jumped through all kinds of hoops to get it in his hand prior to the committee meeting, committee hearing, and he didn't do it. He didn't do it. In our follow-up with his chief of staff, he understood and he agreed that they were greatly in opposition and completely on the same page as far as opposing this National Monument at Katahdin, which would turn into another national park. But his comment was, 
Well, we didn't want to mention, we don't want to use the terms Agenda 21 or UN because it, it turns people off. Well, number one, we were very careful not to even put the word Agenda 21 on the cover letter so that there was that would not be the case. But you cannot exclude the mention of the UN because that's where it's going. We showed right on that front cover the direct path from this designation as a monument to the NGOs to a heritage site to UN control. Direct. No no tinfoil hat. They didn't want to use that because it might turn people off. Disgusted just starts the conversation. That. I have no words for that. That was wrong. But there's other ways to skin that cat. Because when there is a congressional hearing, most of the stuff that you and I see, we think that these hearings, it's kind of like this court system, this fake, phony court system that we have. Most everything that's going to happen already happened in the paperwork before or after. So the, the, the charade that goes on in the public is just that, just kind of smoke and mirrors. At the end of these committee hearings, these congressional hearings, there's a window of opportunity to submit written documentation. And so because our congressman didn't see that it was important enough to include this in the official committee documentation, we sent it. We sent it via digital and snail mail, an actual hard copy, ink on paper, tabbed, documented, in a folder. It's in the official record. They can't refuse it. But it, 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 the, the, my point is, all that effort... People stayed places, people made extra trips, people changed their plans in order to make sure <clears throat> that our congressman had that in his hand, physically in his hand, 24 hours before the committee hearing so that he had time to at least read the cover and go through the seven or eight tabs that would give him the, the, the best overview of the documentation. And he didn't put it into the official record. We still had to do that. Because it didn't he didn't wanna he didn't want anybody to ridicule him about being using the term UN, you know, because that's silly. No. Darn people. What the heck? You know, where was it here? Just a year ago, we were fighting this same darn thing, and we got very little support. Tom DeWeese came up to Maine, addressed the uh, committee in Augusta, did a great job. Uh, Rick Long put this bill in. Uh, where is it here? Uh, being enacted by the people of the state of Maine. Section 1, MSRA 22, enacted to read, Protection of Private Property Rights. See, we just did this. We just did this, and it didn't fly, which also takes you back to the idea that there's an agenda afoot here, people, and Bruce Parlequin should have jumped all over this and didn't. The rest of the folks in Augusta 
should have jumped all over this last year and would have given Parliquin the authority, better authority, to do this. This is why when we've had good conversations with LePage, good conversations, good information, he has asked, how many are you? Same question I asked, the town of Woodland. How many are you? Twelve? Twelve? Same as LePage asked us. How many are you? Is it just you four old white guys? How many are you? And basically that's what Parlequin was saying. Hmm. Good information. How many are you? Just the four or five or ten of you. Huh. Maybe I maybe I don't wanna get ridiculed for speaking about United Nations Agenda 21, because how many are you? If you're not going to stand up and be counted, sit down and shut up. Wear your chains lightly. I hope they don't drag you down too far, because you're either going to be engaged in self-government or you're going to be a slave. How's that slavery thing? Oh, there's no slavery we have the 14th Amendment. We have the 13th Amendment. Really? Really? If you're not engaged personally, you and I personally in self-government, whether it's in our family or in our church, in our town, we're negligent. That's it. Sorry. There's no other way to put it. So this is the article that we had in Last year, as used in this section, this is definitions. Agenda 21 means the plan of action adopted. This is not conspiracy theory. Agenda 21 means the plan of action adopted by the United Nations in 1992 at the United Nations Conference on Environment and Development and published in Agenda 21 Earth Summit, the United Nations Program of Action from Rio. United Nations Publication, ISBN 9789211005097, dated 1993. Hello, people, this is not tinfoil hat publication number. This is the United Nations Program of Action from Rio, Agenda 21 Earth Summit. This is not a joke. Political subdivision, private-public partnership, yeah, lovely. The bill that should have passed, which just got tabled by the committee, the bill prohibits the state or any political subdivision of the state from adopting or implementing policies originating in the United Nations Agenda 21 or other international laws that restrict private property rights without due process because the United Nations has accredited and enlisted numerous non-governmental and intergovernmental organizations to assist in the implementation of its policies related to Agenda 21 around the world. The bill prohibits the state or any political subdivision from entering into agreements or financial arrangements with those organizations. Table the bill quick. Don't let anybody know. Come on, people. They're beating the tar out of us because 1% show up. If we're lucky, 1% show up. I don't need to do this. Bill doesn't need to do this. Bob and Steve, that's why Steve's backed off. Better to, better to fight the fight quietly in other ways. Steve is Steve's a warrior. He did not stop. He's just going on the attack in different ways. But if you're not going to participate, why should he or we or I? I don't need to do this. I can sit back and wait. Christ's going to return one of these days real soon. We don't need to do this. So either you're going to do it or not, I'm going to watch. We got the northern main landman coming right up behind us, so I got to scoot. Nice talking to you today. 
I hope you're not too mad at me. Actually, I really don't care. If you want to get mad, get mad. At least you'll have something rather than just clapping for the voice or dancing with the idiots or whatever the heck it is. Come on, people. Get engaged. Get involved. There's a war coming. It's up to you. Doesn't matter to me. Okay. Also, don't forget to support the folks that support us. Can't leave them out. John Cave and Countywide Vacuum. John sells the perfect vacuum services. The rest, give them a call, 207-492-1492. 207-492-1492. And Natural Living Center, the great big health food store in Bangor. Wonderful place, wonderful people. Got a great staff. Got everything from soup to nuts. Anything you could possibly imagine in the health and nutrition field is there or can be gotten, give them a call, 207-990-2646, 207-990-2646, Longview Drive in Bangor, Natural Living Center, great place to shop. Thanks for being with us today, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you on the radio. Bye-bye.